0: Or starting a successful business or delving into spirituality. So, on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. So, let's get right into it. What's up, guys? And welcome back to another episode of the Dream Bigger podcast. I am really stoked for today's episode because it is with the founder of a brand that I've been using literally, I think, since the year they launched or maybe like shortly thereafter. I am, of course, talking about none other than the founder of Beekeepers Naturals, Carly Stein. And you may have heard me talking about Beekeepers Naturals in my breast reduction episode because I actually used a ton of their products just to prep my body and my immune system, uh, pre-surgery, and actually post-surgery as well. But funny story is that I actually discovered Beekeepers Naturals back in, I want to say like 2017 or 2018. Um, I found them at my local cafe in Toronto. It's called Nut Bar. So shout out to Nut Bar. And this is when Beekeepers Naturals was like a tiny, tiny new brand. And I found their Propolis Honey, which I use to today. And Also their throat spray, which I also use all the way until today. So I am really an OG fan of the brand and I love seeing another Canadian entrepreneur having done so, so well. Carly Stein is an absolute badass and boss. And I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode. She has a really interesting story when it comes to her immune system. It kind of mirrors my whole experience as well. And there's like a lot of parallels between our stories and why we started each of our wellness brands. So, you know, she is a founder who. I respect tremendously in the wellness space and I love her products. And I'm excited for you guys to hear all about the power of bee products, the differentiation that Beekeepers Naturals offers, colony collapse, like we get into it all. And so if you are interested in wellness, I think that you'll take so much away from this episode and I'm just excited for you guys to listen to it. Before we dive in, Let's discuss this week's hot tip, which is actually one of my favorite face masks. And it is from Renee Rouleau. It's called the Rapid Response Detox De- Detox Mask. <laughs> and I have been using this for years. I actually had Renee on the podcast a couple of years back. I think it was like 2020, I want to say, but she is incredible when it comes to skincare. She's like a top esthetician and her brand is one that I'm a huge fan of. This mask is incredible. So whenever I have a breakout coming or, you know, it's on the surface, I use this mask and I feel like it just like clears up my skin. It like takes everything out, like just like pulls it out. I don't even know how to explain it, but it, does something that I have rarely ever seen in another product when it comes to management of pimples or anything like that. So I highly, highly recommend it right now. I am dealing with a pimple and let me tell you, this mask has done wonders. Okay. And last thing, of course, let's get to this week's review, which comes to us from bell Montaya. And she says, love I stumbled upon the Dream Bigger podcast after hearing Sifat on Almost 30, Love Them, and immediately subscribed to the podcast. The episode on journaling inspired me to start up more intently and with purpose. I really just journaled occasionally and never with the kind of intentions I could actually apply and manifest for myself. After listening to the journal 101, it helped me start writing for my highest slash future self and has really helped me with my mindset, thoughts, and intentions. I'm going to go and do a deep dive into all of the other episodes. This is such a sweet review. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that the journaling episode helped you. I know I've taken years to kind of develop my journaling practice to what it is today, and I was really just happy to have been able to share the resources and the feedback has been great. So I really appreciate it guys. Whenever you guys leave me a review. And of course, if you are new here, I did an episode on journaling and I am giving away my prompts to anyone who writes me a review, screenshots it, and sends it to me to my email. It'll be linked in the show notes, but my email is sifa.h91 at gmail.com. So if you do take a second to write me a review, I really appreciate it. You'll get that journal prompts worksheet for free. And, you know, it really does help me understand what you guys like. It helps me tailor the show to episodes that kind of bring you a lot of value. So the more information you give me, the better it is. And of course it helps the show get to a lot more people. So I really appreciate your help there and your support. And with that, let's dive into today's episode with Carly Stein. I'm really excited to dive in. The first question I always ask my guests, is what was your big dream when you were growing up? Um, I don't think I knew what this meant, but I
1: wanted to be a businesswoman. My dad was a lawyer uh-huh. and so I just, and he, he was a corporate lawyer, so I would just see him doing like deal stuff. And I honestly had no idea what that meant, but I wanted to like do deal stuff and be a businesswoman. And so, yeah, I guess I'm doing what I wanted to do.
0: <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I don't think you have an idea of what, you want when you're younger. I certainly went through phases, but my grandma loves to tell the story where when I was little, I would take all her shoes and lay them out. And I was like the shopkeeper, except I would like to give them to her for free. So she'd be (laughs) like, okay, I want that for this much. And I was like, okay, but like, I really want you to take it for free. (laughs) So probably not a good entrepreneur, but that's what I wanted to do.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I always was doing like I had um, obviously lemonade stand, but then I had like a perfume sales company where I literally this I was like five. I literally took a pot and like put flowers in and I think I just like was dumping soap like anything I could find. And then, you know, do have you ever seen when you buy flowers, when you buy like a single rose, it's like those little vials. Yeah. So I had a friend whose dad worked at a flower company, so they had all these little vials. So we took all the vials and filled them with our gross concoction and then went around to neighbors and were like, $1 for perfume. And they were like, oh, okay.
0: (laughs) That's pretty entrepreneurial at that age. Oh yeah. My
1: my other thing that's entrepreneurial that also was working with bugs, which I kind of like, I had a caterpillar- Babysitting camp. So I would like, what? Go. Yeah, I was obviously a weird kid. I would go <laughs> with a mason jar. I recruited my little sister to just like walk behind me holding another mason jar. And I would go to my neighbors and be like, okay, you guys got to go to work. You've got stuff to do. I will go into your backyard, take all your caterpillars for the day, entertain them all day so you don't have to stress. And then I'll bring them back at the end of the day for
0: $2. Did you think that people? Yeah, had like pets, like yes. pet caterpillars I, in their back.
1: Growing up when I was younger, I thought that like every single animal that basically walked in my line of sight was like my friend.
0: <laughs> oh my god really... that's actually so cute. <laughs> well, now you work with bees, so I guess I it kind of makes sense. <laughs> I know, it really does. That's so cute. So, we have a similar kind of background whereby we both had issues with our immune system and I really want to get into that like you what what happened? What what was going wrong? When did you start having issues with it, with your immune system? Mm-hmm. What were they? Like tell us everything.
1: Yeah, so Pretty early on. I don't know. Have you ever had tonsillitis? No, I haven't actually. Okay. So it kind of feels similar to strep throat. It's just like a painful yeah, I've had situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had a chronic tonsillitis and because I'm autoimmune, I'm allergic to most strains of antibiotics. They basically throw my system into overdrive and I have a pretty severe reaction. Wow. So I would get tonsillitis all the time. And when I say all the time, I mean like at least one week a month. Sometimes I would have it because you know, for most people who have chronic tonsillitis, they take antibiotics, they're okay. Or if it's really severe, they'll get their tonsils removed, which is, you know, mine was categorically pretty severe, but it wasn't really safe to get my tonsils removed because if I got an infection, then I wouldn't be able to go on antibiotics. antibiotics. And so my doctor just thought we should stay away from that. So I would be sick. There were times in my life as a kid where I was like legitimately out of school for a full month. And so I was just always sick. And I saw every ear, nose, and throat doctor and every specialist. And, you know, I just kind of didn't really fit into the traditional medical model. And then the conventional, yeah, so you know what I mean? And then the conventional medicine that was available, it just, it was not at all accessible to me. So from a pretty early age, I started exploring the world of natural. And, you know, I had, and this is, you know, now we have this unbelievable wellness industry and movement, which is great, but it wasn't exactly like that. Especially I'm from Canada and it just wasn't. Yeah. We're both from Toronto. That makes me so happy. We were talking about that last time I saw you. Anyways. So I started exploring the world of natural and I found a lot of incredible things. But I also kind of became disillusioned with the whole world of wellness at that time because there was a lot of stuff that made big claims that just didn't deliver on results. Mm -hmm. And I was dealing with something chronic. I was dealing with something viral. And I, you know, it was very much affecting my life quality. And that was just how things were. So... I just felt very frustrated. I felt like I was constantly wasting time and money looking for some solution that I couldn't find. And nobody had a straight answer for me. And that kind of continued up into college. And I only was able to kind of resolve my issues when um, I was in college. I did a semester abroad. I was studying in Europe. And of course I got tonsillitis. And Fun. yeah. Who
0: doesn't want tonsillitis in Europe? I know, I Europe, know. It was like my
1: <laughs> my. First big trip and I worked really hard waitressing to be able to afford it. And it oh was like God. a whole thing. Oh. And then I get to Italy and I get so sick, like so sick I was having a hard time breathing. It was very like I couldn't swallow. My whole face would like become very swollen. It was visibly problematic and very uncomfortable. But yeah, so that happened and I was like, oh my God, not again. I'm not missing out. And so I was just determined to find a solution. I'd always been determined, but I was like. So sick of it. and Far I went under your ass yeah, being in Italy sick. Seriously. <laughs> and I went into, I found a pharmacy, just a regular pharmacy. I found this great pharmacist. I met with her, riddled off my long list of allergies, told her all about my problems. We had like this great hour-long conversation. And at the end of it, she's like, oh, you need propolis. And I was like, okay, what's that? And she's like, you know, propolis from the bees. And I was like, oh, so honey? And she's like, no, totally different thing. Propolis. for someone who doesn't know, what are the benefits of propolis? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I like to kind of break it down like this. Honey comes from flowers, it comes from floral nectars, and then the bees, they allow it to ferment in the hive and the combs, they evaporate the water out, it becomes honey, and it's the bees' food. It's like their carbs, their energy source, humans love honey because it's delicious, but also because it's full of antioxidants. Mm -hmm. It's got antiviral properties. It calms your body down. So it's a great way to induce a relaxed state. But for the bees, it's their carbs. Mm -hmm. Propolis, you can think of as the bees medicine. It's kind of like the building blocks of their immune system. So while the base ingredient for honey is floral nectars, so nectar from flowers, the base ingredient of propolis, like what it actually comes from are plant and tree resins. So think of like sap. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. sap from a tree that's got the immuno properties of the tree. The bees are collecting that, mixing it with their own enzymes, and making this sticky amber-colored substance called propolis. And they literally use it to line the hive and keep it germ-free.
0: Wow! So it is
1: like foundation. It's, it's basically the immune system of the hive. For humans, propolis is antiviral, antifungal, antimicrobial, antibacterial, and really high in antioxidants. So it's a really great way to support your overall immune system, flood your body with antioxidants, fight inflammation. It's like now it's a tool that I use daily just to support my immune health.
0: So be prepared to be obsessed. Check out Lipstick on the Rim wherever you get your podcast. So then when she recommended Propolis to you, how quickly did you see results? Like, was it like a holy shit moment? So it was, it wasn't
1: like I took it and was instantly better, yeah, but it was five course. days, like exactly that's really, five days. really quick though. It was crazy for me because that's kind of what you typically see with tonsillitis, with, you know, normal tonsillitis when given antibiotics. So- Yeah. I took, she gave me a propolis tincture. It was like Italian writing all over it. So yeah, I I didn't totally know how to take it, but I followed her instructions, of course. And in five days I made a full recovery and that had just never happened to me before. I I was like used to being sick for typically three weeks at a
0: time. Yeah. And like very sick. You you have this thing and then do you like, like, do you start taking prevent- taking it preventatively? Like what, mm-hmm. what happens after that? Yeah.
1: So I did a ton of research. By that point in life, I was a very good researcher because I had to be. Um, I'm sure that, you know, yeah. you share that experience. Mm-hmm. So I started, I, I did a ton of research. I was like, wow, there's legitimate science behind this. And it's not new. Like yeah. the first recorded human use of propolis dates back to 300 BC. Like this is not new. This is something we've been using to support our immune health for a very long time. And I was, I was almost frustrated. I was like, why could I not find this anywhere in North Mm -hmm. America? Like, why did I not know what the word propolis meant?
0: It's really interesting. I was talking to um, Nisha's dad about this one day and just like the power of like natural remedies. And he's like, you know, like so many ingredients have been used in like ancient medicine for generations. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, when they were younger, like living in India, right? Their parents would give them all these like herbal remedies and stuff. But the thing is that these these things, like, these, like, pieces of knowledge were almost passed down, like, by word of mouth, like, like as, like, almost like a story. Like, this is what you do when this happens from, like, generation to generation. And then when it came to our parents' generation, I think that that's when, like, things started to dwindle. Like people started to turn more to like Western medicine or allopathic. Mm -hmm. And like, it's like a quick like pharmacy visit for like an over-the-counter drug or whatever, as opposed to like turning to these natural modalities. So, I mean, yeah, like propolis, just like so many other like incredibly powerful and potent natural ingredients has been used for centuries, but it's like, we've forgotten, you know?
1: We've forgotten. And then this is my
0: cynical side. The other
1: truth is, and there's, I'm a big believer in Western medicine. I think there's a place yeah, for everything, exactly. of yep, course. Yeah, exactly. 100%. But the reality is all natural things are not patentable. So they're not necessarily the most profitable pursuit for a large pharmaceutical company. And so, you know, I learned a lot about that when I entered the workforce. I'll get to that part of the story, but mm-hmm. I, I worked in finance as a biotech researcher for a while. So like my whole job was to trade on patent pending drugs.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's I mean I've I've read about it as well and it's it's quite fascinating that you know we've like this kind of stuff has almost been like disregarded and mm-hmm. so many times I see things happening, right? Like people have like small little ailments or even just like even maybe like more chronic things and you know you go to a Chinese medicine doctor or a naturopathic doctor like they'll definitely give you things that you can use, mm-hmm. like natural modalities, which you'll see like a lot of kind of benefit from. Yeah. And I especially feel like like in North America specifically, we have lost touch with like most of it, you know, and it's it's interesting that you found propolis in Europe where yeah. like they still have these sorts of things available.
1: Yeah. Europe is much more progressive with natural health and it's, it's really interesting. So I had that experience with propolis in Italy. But then I was traveling around Europe for seven months and I found bee products like the more nuanced medicinal bee products, not just honey everywhere. I found, I remember being in France and finding anti-aging supplements with royal jelly and in Copenhagen, these energy boosting supplements with pollen. And I, I wasn't going to health food stores. I was in like, you know, conventional corner store pharmacy.
0: And that's what I find really interesting that like over there, when you go to a pharmacy and something is wrong, their first instinct isn't necessarily to just recommend like a like a drug type mm-hmm. of cure. It's like they'll they'll like really evaluate the situation and they will recommend a supplement or like something more natural, like a vitamin or B products even. Like it's interesting because I think their knowledge is a lot more expansive and kind oh, of right. like a holistic look into all the different things that we can do when something yeah. is wrong. And we're seeing
1: that more in North America with functional medicine.
0: Yes. Just taking
1: a more holistic approach to everything. But I think the pharmaceutical industry has been very focused on symptom. Yeah. Like a slap a bandaid on it. Yeah. And that's especially for autoimmune people for, you know, an ongoing condition, there's a root cause. And if you can find that and treat that, you're much better off. I mean, I'm an
0: example of that. I mean, we see it with women's hormones. Totally. Like all day long, the mm-hmm. number of times it's like my period is irregular. Here's some birth control. And like, no, if your period is irregular, That's like what is going it. on? Yeah. <laughs> Let's explore, shall we? Totally. And I think that women especially, I think we feel really hopeless because Mm -hmm. oftentimes it's like you're not really heard. And it's such like a quick fix solution, which isn't really a solution if we think about it, you know? So, yeah, it's I mean, I have a lot to say about this topic. I mean, we're both like from the same industry, really. And like, I, I mean, it's it's a it's it needs some work, but I'm very grateful that functional medicine is becoming more commonplace. Yeah, now. absolutely. People are going the integrative route. You yeah. Know? And there's, there's just a broader perspective. So, I mean, now at beekeepers, we have a medical
1: advisory board Yeah, and on our medical advisory board, we have traditional MDs, we have MD pediatricians, we have naturopaths, we have acupuncturists. We try to bring people in from all different backgrounds, philosophies, and our whole our goal is always, to, can we make a product that everyone in the room agrees on? Can we make a product that the MD diagnostician working at the hospital loves and that our naturopath mm-hmm. in private practice adores? And that's, you know, the conversations we have. It's the and way so, forward.
0: I think yeah. it's the way forward. Yeah. So before we continue any further, can you give us like 101 on like honey slash bee products? Yes, totally.
1: So- Honey is just one of the many bee products. A lot of people think that propolis, pollen, royal jelly, these are like honey derivatives. Not at all. Totally different substance, totally different chemical composition. So I'll start, I'll kind of go back to honey again. So I mentioned honey comes from the floral nectar. The bees suck up that floral nectar, bring it back to the hive. They evaporate the moisture out. They like literally fan it with their wings. It's very cute. And then yeah, honey is like the very nourishing nectar of the bees. It's what they eat. It's their carbs, it's their energy source, really high in antioxidants. It has a lower glycemic index than sugar. So it certainly is a healthier sweetener. Plus it has the antioxidants. It has anti-inflammatory effects. It has trace amounts of, you know, the other bee products in the hive if, if it's raw. So you get some good immune supporting properties there too. My favorite way to use honey is actually before bed. Mm. So a lot of people don't realize this, but when you have honey, it causes a slow, steady spike in insulin, which allows the tryptophan to cross the blood-brain barrier where it's converted into serotonin and then melatonin in the dark. So just a teaspoon of honey before bed, I like to like put it in some chamomile tea not the bee-powered honey. That one has royal jelly and pollen in it and will give you energy. So not that one, Mm -hmm. but just any kind of regular honey. I like to do that before bed. And then the other nice thing about honey before bed, it helps to replenish the glycogen stores in the liver. So this happens more frequently with women as we age. Overnight, our glycogen stores will get depleted and it will trigger like a crisis search for fuel. So we'll wake up in the middle of the night. So if you are ever talking to someone and they're like, oh, I like randomly wake up at 3 a.m. It's very annoying it can, it could be that it's, you know, related to glycogen stores. So just wow. having a teaspoon of honey before bed can really help because it's the slow release.
0: Super interesting. So
1: that's how I, and it's also just, I mean, I eat a lot of honey, but it's like, that's the way I kind of sweeten everything. Cause you know, I feel like I'm getting a really nutritious dose of something and it adds that taste and yeah. And then the bees, it's their food. And then I mentioned propolis already as the bee's medicine. Mm-hmm. So plant and tree resin. So you're literally taking the immunoproperties of the plant, mixing it with the bee's enzymes and creating this really nourishing, healing, protective substance. Propolis actually means defender of the city. Aristotle came up with that name. And so, you know, in other, we were talking about other cultures, the Assyrians used to drink propolis to reduce fever. During the Boer war, wounds were addressed with propolis for its antibacterial, antimicrobial effects So you can put it on your skin too. Um, Oh yeah. In, in Poland right now, in some of the burn wards, they have bandages that have propolis on them because it helps to support healing and it's antibacterial, anti-inflammatory. Yeah. It's actually amazing for burns. That's incredible. Even sometimes when I'm drinking coffee and I burn my tongue, I'll like spray it on my tongue. It's great. Oh my God.
0: Okay. This is a really (laughs) good tip. Yeah. it's, it's,
1: It's a hot tip, but propolis, it's my everyday immune booster. I do three sprays a day. It has
0: completely transformed my immune system. I really don't get sick anymore. I have to say like I've used your immune spray. I think I found it in 2018. You don't understand how early of a customer I've been for beekeepers. (laughs) Like I'm not joking. I'm talking like, you know, nut bar in Toronto. Yeah. I love nut bar. Yeah. So like that's where I would go and find it. And like they were like one of our first stores. Yeah. So like, you know, I've been like a very early customer and I use this thing all the time. Like it's always on my bedside table. I give it to everyone. I give it as gifts. Like it's really a good spray. Like there's such like powerful properties in there. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. That makes me so happy. Yeah. But yeah, propolis, I think propolis is a really
1: important substance and it's Mm -hmm. something that's safe to take on a regular basis. It's something that's totally safe to take daily. We have a kid's propolis, you know, it's again, the same way that I eat my vegetables, I take propolis every day because it's just such a powerful source of antioxidants. It's unbelievable for inflammation. There's more and more studies coming out from academic institutions pretty much all over the world looking at how propolis can affect the immune system and it's especially amazing for people who are immunocompromised because B products tend to be immunomodulatory, mm. which means the same way adaptogens work with your body, bee products really work with your immune system. So it's, you know, a really nice gentle way to support your overall health. And then yeah, propolis, we've, it's been used forever. Like, people talk about propolis as like the OG antibiotics. That's what people were using for a long time. And mm-hmm. in other cultures, it's still very much used in the mainstream. I mean, in South America, propolis you can your doctor will prescribe it it's like super commonplace and it's starting to become that way in North America more and more we're seeing Western practitioners prescribing propolis for different things and so that's super cool and then to continue on our B101 so royal jelly royal jelly you can think of as I hate the word superfood, but I guess like the superfood or brain food of the hive. Royal jelly is, it's made by the nurse bees. It's secretion the nurse bees make and it's fed to all newborn baby bees for the first three to five days of development. So think of like breast milk. Royal jelly is basically an incredibly nutritive food that's given to newborns for the first three to five days. And then after the first three to five, those newborn baby bees are transitioned onto a more regular bee diet of honey and pollen. And only the bee who's to become queen continues on her exclusive royal jelly diet.
0: Wow. Yeah, and
1: then if you look at the queen bee on a biological level, she develops very differently than other bees. So the queen bee will lay like 1,500 babies a day versus regular female bees don't have reproductive organs. The queen bee lives three to five years versus a regular worker bee during foraging season who lives six to eight weeks. The queen bee is much more fit. If you just like Google a picture of queen bee versus worker bee, you'll see like the queen bee is very fit. So, you know, obviously royal jelly is working its magic in the hive. And then for humans in Eastern medicine, royal jelly has been used for a long time as an anti-aging tonic. Traditional Chinese medicine looks at royal jelly to help balance hormones for both men and women. It's a fertility tonic. So we actually have a lot of TCM providers who uh, We'll put people on our royal jelly product, our um powered honey, when they're coming off birth control to help balance hormones. It's something I actually used
0: a lot when I was doing my egg freezing and it really helps me. That's a it's one of my favorite products, by the way. It's always in my house. Like yeah. it's I've been using it for years. Like just, just a teaspoon of it. I feel like it's like so good. It's really nourishing and you are honestly making my day. So thank you. (laughs) Uh, You don't like I'm a very long time brand fan. Be Powered is such a great product. Like I've been talking about it for years, like on Instagram, on my blog. Like I, I talked about it, you know, all the time. It's a great product. Thank you.
1: Yeah. But yeah, royal jelly is pretty amazing and so, you know, in other cultures it's been used for mostly energy boosting,
0: anti-aging, hormone balancing. So, I actually have a question here. Since and I don't know if you have the research around mm-hmm. this, but I'm just interested to know if it's fed to these like newborn bees, is it safe to also give to like like little kids? So, with
1: all bee products, two and up. Just because anything and that's not just bee products, anything that's an immune booster, unless mm. it's a specific scenario and it's guided by a doctor. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually pretty important to let the immune system develop on its own. Mm. honey specifically raw honey, you're not because the immune system isn't fully developed with a baby, you're not supposed to have it until age one. Propolis is well one, I like to say two, just because I'm extreme, but you know my stepmom was given my little brother propolis at one years old, and it was guided by the pediatrician. It was totally fine. But yeah, so, you know, I like to let the immune system develop a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then with royal jelly, so you don't typically see that one being used with little kids. I've seen some people use it for situations around like ADD, ADHD, but typically like our customer base, it's more young professionals, students, that sort of person. A lot of the, well, pretty much all of the Western focus on royal jelly has been on its effects on the brain. Mm -hmm. So royal jelly is an amazing nootropic. It's It has some interesting effects because it contains, it's the only naturally occurring source of acetylcholine, which is the neurotransmitter responsible for brain-body connection. So you can think of royal jelly as helping to speed up your processing transmission system, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which naturally as we age and as we're exposed to carcinogens and chemicals and overstimulated, that gets slowed down. So royal jelly helps to support that. And then royal jelly also contains two fatty acids that are also only naturally occurring in royal jelly. They're called 10HDA and AMPN1 oxide, if anyone wants to Google it. But these two fatty acids, they basically act as a catalyst for neurogenesis. Mm-hmm. So they promote brain derived nootropic factor. So we see a lot of people using royal jelly for concussions to help promote the healing. A University of Warsaw study found that regular consumption of royal jelly promotes spatial reasoning. So we have a ton of athletes that like hardcore take the the smart shots. I didn't
0: know that. So I had a really bad accident over the like last summer. And I wish I'd known because I actually had like two brain injuries. They were minor. Mm. But I remember I was like after I came out of the hospital for like two weeks, I was completely just like. I didn't feel like myself anymore. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what's going are... on. It's really rough. So I wish I'd known this. I actually had no idea that like it was used for concussions as well. Well, you
1: should still, I'm going to, I'll send you more. But yeah. when I had my concussion in 2019, yeah, it was a huge part of my healing. It was wow. a huge part of my recovery. Actually, when I originally made our Be Smart product, my best friend, who's now our chief growth officer, he played hockey in college. And then he was a competitive skier and he had a lot of really severe concussions. Yeah,
0: it was like (laughs) skier and hockey. It's like a real fun combination. Yeah. And he
1: had a really bad situation where he was knocked unconscious skiing in Italy. And after that, I put together this like natural, I just went down my research rabbit hole and put together this formula. And what was in the formula was royal jelly, of course, Bacopa Monieri, which is so good. Yeah. Huge in Ayurvedic medicine. Amazing for the brain. It's an adaptogen to help to modulate the stress response. It's an extract from a leaf, but massive in Ayurveda. And then ginkgo biloba, which is huge in traditional Chinese medicine and, you know, also an adaptogen, um, reduces inflammation of the brain, helps with all kinds of executive functioning. So I put together this formula and it was like a paste that I would make him drink every day. And that was his worst concussion and his best recovery. And it was actually after that that I was like, okay, what happens if I just take this for work? Mm-hmm. And I found that it was really helping me like get in the zone and stay focused. And I started trying it on friends. And then later when I started my company, I was like, okay, this obviously should be a product because yeah. we're all overstimulated and need support focusing. And so, yeah, that's a really our, our be smart shots. We see athletes using them. We see students. We see people recovering from Brain injury. We see members of the aging population using them daily just to support cognitive function and stuff. Yeah, that's amazing. So yeah, so that's so royal jelly is a really cool substance. And then Mm. the last one I'll just briefly touch on is bee pollen. So bee pollen is the protein source of the bees. So literally, it's the bee. What the bees do is they collect pollen from the flowers, mix it with their enzymes. And they kind of stick it on the back of their legs. So, if you ever see pictures of a bee with like the balls of pollen, mm-hmm. that's called their pollen pants. And that's how they carry oh it back God, to that's the hive. So cute. I know, it's really cute. It's really, really cute. So, yeah, that's literally how they carry it back to the hive. And it's their protein source. Bee pollen actually contains more protein per weight than any animal source. So, it's really nourishing. I like to think of bee pollen as nature's multivitamin. So, it's got broad spectrum vitamins and minerals. I don't do a multivitamin. I'm just really skeptical about everything. There Same. are things that I do like and take. Your product is one of them. But I use, I do a teaspoon of bee pollen every day. And like that is my multivitamin. So it's got vitamins, minerals, branching amino acids. It's really amazing actually for boosting endurance and oxygenating the tissues. Awesome is an energy booster. That's why I said, do not take bee powered before bed because with that royal
0: jelly and the bee pollen, it's That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it, it, you will not have a good sleep. But yeah. That's really interesting. So I have to ask because I know that there's like a lot of confusion around this, but like how can someone make sure that the honey products they're buying, like I'm talking like bee products in general, like Mm. the bee pollen and the royal jelly, just normal honey. How can you ensure that it's good quality? Because I mean, you can find bee things everywhere. doesn't mean it's actually good for you. Absolutely. Such a good question. So
1: it's really tough because you know, you can buy organic bee products, but organic isn't really the best benchmark or measure when it comes to bee products. Because if you think about it, you know, you can place the hive on certified organic land, but the bees fly. You can't fence them in or put a leash on them. They're not blueberries that stay put. And so the bees will actually fly and forage for a five mile radius, which is pretty far. So just because their hive is on organic land, if the neighbors are doing something dirty, those pesticides can get into your end product. Mm -hmm. And Typically, it's trace amounts and bee products are incredibly nourishing. And the same way, you know, I tell people, don't not eat salad because you're scared of pesticides. It's the same thing. Like, bee products are very good for you. So, you know, for most people, trace amounts won't really affect them. But for me, with my autoimmune, they really do. I am very sensitive to pesticide exposure. So I really cannot take things that have, you know, even trace amounts of pesticides. So what we do at Beekeepers is we work in very remote areas. So we have bees in the Rockies in Canada, and we work in Brazil. We're doing a lot of pollen in Spain right now, and we do pesticide-free beekeeping. And Mm -hmm. what we do is we go to really remote areas. We work with beekeepers that are committed to sustainable practices. And as our final measure, we do third-party pesticide testing on all of our raw products. So before our propolis goes Into the bottle, we send it to a lab in Canada and we test for every pesticide, toxin, and pollutant in accordance with Health Canada. We test for heavy metals, we test for everything to make sure it's the cleanest, purest possible. And we really did that because when I started the company, it was built for people like me who are unbelievably sensitive. Mm -hmm. And because we've gone through all those measures, you know, we have a big community of people with Lyme, people with specific autoimmune that make them very sensitive. And so that's a really important aspect of what we do. And then beyond the product quality, which is obviously really meaningful, it allows us to practice sustainable beekeeping. So we're keeping our bees in and we're basically creating pesticide-free or truly organic habitats for the bees. And what we've seen, contrary to population trends, is our bees have been thriving. Like our hives are multiplying year over year, which is really cool because pesticides, and this is a controversial topic, but in my opinion, pesticides are the number one thing harming the bees right now. Mm -hmm. It's really detrimental to their health. So, you know, to the extent we can keep growing the company and, you know, working with new apiary partners. Apiary is a bee farm, by the way. But working
0: pesticide free, we can really change the industry. So while we're on this topic, I actually want to talk about colony collapse. What's going on there? Because I don't think people know in detail like what is happening, but there's like some conversation definitely around like something weird going on there. Yeah,
1: totally. So colony collapse was kind of more spoken about around 2006. Uh That's when you kind of started to see it. And and All of these things are linked, but in, I think it was around 2006 that DDT was removed. Mm -hmm. And when DDT was removed... What's DDT? So that's a big... Remember, do you remember we used to see pictures of all the birds dying from these pesticides? Yeah. Yeah, So that was a pesticide that was very commonly used called DDT, which was unbelievably toxic and killing a lot of our pollinators, animals... So that was officially banned around 2006, I think. And when that was removed, when DDT was taken out of the game, it was replaced by a class of pesticides called neonicotinoids. Mm -hmm. And today, neonicotinoids are the most common class of pesticides used in the US. Mm -hmm. Now in parts of Europe, they've been banned. In actually, Ontario was the first province to institute a partial ban. So in other parts of the world, they're banning these substances. But in the US, it's like all over. So. That's why we do a lot of our to all of our customers who were very frustrated with us during Black Friday when we were sold out of Be Smart. It's because we, you know, the COVID supply chain situation is oh, real. Girl, yeah. I know. Yeah. And all like we do most of our beekeeping, most of our raw product come from other countries where there's different pesticide regulation. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping the US gets there. I mean, we need to from an environmental standpoint, that's much bigger than my company or any of these things. But anyways, that's a whole other thing. A lot of factors that have affected bee decline. Pesticides, in my opinion, is the number one. So um, neonicotinoids, it's a neuroactive substance. It affects the bee's spatial reasoning. It basically affects their brains and makes it hard for them to find their way home. If they can't find their way home, they will not survive. And yeah, we've seen, you know, year over year bee decline. There are some other factors at play. There's obviously urbanization, you know, monocropping practices, new practices around commercial pollination. There's a lot of things happening at once. But the reality is the bee population has been in decline for a number of years now. And that's not just upsetting because we love bees at beekeepers. It's because, you know, bees are integral for our entire ecosystem. One third of our food supply is bee pollinated. If we lost the bees, people don't realize it, but almonds pollinated by bees, blueberries, tomatoes, avocados, coffee is partially bee pollinated. Cotton is partially bee pollinated. The amount, like we would be basically in a food desert without the bees. And, you know, pollination is the process of basically helping things grow. So if we lost the bees, we're going to have to like employ people with Q-tips to go around pollinating I mean, we would have, our food supply would be, would take a massive hit. And beyond that, the inflation, the cost of these nourishing, healthy, natural foods would be through the roof. It would be like, you know, imagine buying a single apple for $15. Well, if you don't have the bees pollinating and helping these crops grow, it
0: could hypothetically look like that. So then how can we do our parts to kind of support the bees? Mm -hmm. So The number one thing I tell
1: people just because this is really a simple, beautiful thing to do is plants. Even if you live in an apartment, put some stuff on your balcony. I, you know, I'm in New York. I have very strategically arranged on my fire escape a little garden and pretty much because of all of the pesticide exposure, it's really important to put out clean food sources for the bees. And so buying organic heirloom seeds, untreated seeds, making sure that there's no pesticides and just growing you know, anything that's kind of bright colored that is local to your area is always wonderful. You know, I always tell people to support with their dollars. I work and it's not always possible and it can absolutely be more expensive. But to the extent you can support local biodynamic growers, if you have the ability to go to a farmer's market, if you have the ability to talk to a grower about where your food's coming from and understand what pesticides are used and what practices are at play. If you can support people who are doing it right and creating clean environments for our bees and for, you know, our humans. All (laughs) of our, yeah, everything really. That's really important. There's a number of different organizations. So we work really closely at Beekeepers with UC Davis Bee Research. Um, They're just, you know, real thought leaders when it comes to bee research. And we work with them to fund a number of different projects every year are beekeepers, naturals, hats, shirts, all that stuff. We give a hundred percent of profit to our charity partners. So that's a nice way to support the cause and give back. And then, yeah, just letting people know, I think we have so many critical issues in our world today. It's really easy to be like, uh, the bees, that's not a big deal, but it really is. Especially absolutely. if it's like linked to our like being as a species, higher, you know? Absolutely. So yeah, I mentioned one third of our food supply. Over forty percent of wildflowers are bee pollinated. So think about all of the other creatures that feed on these different plants. Like losing the bees, you're you're pulling out a pillar. Yeah. So it is really important that we focus on this. And, you know, it's been really amazing with the company, one, to work with some of the leading researchers in the country. That has been a real gift, but to work with sustainable beekeepers people who are really our whole business model we work with small-scale beekeepers all over the world Mm -hmm. people who are committed to sustainable practices we form a partnership with them and they kind of it's been amazing because they get to grow their business alongside ours and so getting to in a really hands-on way work with people that want to make a difference Um, and then Learning with our customers, continuing to learn about the plight of the bees, continuing to learn about the impact they have on our overall ecosystem, continuing to understand the interplay of these pesticides that we're told are no big deal, but other countries are putting a full ban on. So just so everyone knows, too, neonicotinoids, they're water soluble, so they are getting into our water supply. They're degrading our soil. We really don't know the long-term effects of these things, but we know that it is hurting the creatures of our earth. So, Mm -hmm. you
0: know, it's really important. And if it's hurting the creatures of the earth, like I know that it's hurting humans too. Like we are also creatures of of the earth. You know what I mean? Like I, I think that, yeah, it's just, it's really unfortunate. So, I mean, like conversations like this are just important because- I don't know, like maybe it inspires one person to make a better choice for themselves. Maybe just they didn't understand before. And now hopefully they do. And like understand the importance of supporting our entire ecosystem by, you know, using their dollars in the right way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really a beautiful thing to do to plant in your garden. Another big thing too, if
1: you have a lawn, a lot of, I I talk to people sometimes and they don't even realize the pesticides being used on their front lawn. And the reality is like your kids are on your front lawn, your pets, like there, there are toxic pesticides being sprayed and you don't even know. So it's really important to be active in your own home environment, find out what's being used and make the right choices.
0: So smart. So I also I want to talk about like just the technicalities of like purchasing the right honey. So say for example, someone goes to the grocery store, and, you know, like those squeeze yeah. bottles of oh honey. Why, why not that? Okay. Please don't get the squeeze bottles. Yeah, thank so you. literally
1: <laughs> those squeeze bottles. So big thing when buying honey, you want to look for raw unpasteurized. What does that even mean? Tell everyone. So basically the process of pasteurization is heating it up. You're, you're essentially boiling the honey and that allows it to stay in its liquid form. So those squeezy bottles stay squeezy because they've been heated. The honey's been heated up to such a high degree. All the good, all the good stuff, all the nutrients, you know, it's all cooked out and you're really left with sugar water. And so the reason people like that is because it doesn't crystallize. Crystallization is a naturally occurring process with honey. What that is and, you know, the crystallization process will vary depending on the floral sources and when the honey was harvested, of course. But over time, your honey will harden. That doesn't mean it's going bad. Honey is actually the only food on the planet that never expires. We found honey in Egyptian tombs that was still nutritionally intact. Stop. Yeah, for real. And that's a testament to its enzymes. Honey has, and all bee products have incredible enzymes. That's why they're also really great if you're having any sort of like stomach issues. I even spray propolis for that sort of thing because it's really great for just calming down the inflammation and supporting Well, ginger and honey, for
0: example, just for even digestion. Like I
1: was given it when I was little. Totally. And that's a huge thing in other cultures. And again, becoming more mainstream again in the US finally. Hell yeah. But yeah. So really making sure that you're buying raw unpasteurized organic as I mentioned is not the best benchmark but to the extent you can speak to the beekeeper you're purchasing from if you're going to a farmer's market or you know look on the back and look at where the honey is coming from that can be helpful but the number one thing is buy raw and organic because those squeezy bears that liquidy honey it is straight up sugar water you are bypassing all of the nutrients and if your honey crystallizes and gets hard or it's like kind of crusty that's totally fine. It's still good. If that texture bothers you, what you can do is take the entire jar and put it in a pot of boiling water. Yeah. Yeah, And that will allow it to soften. You're not going to pasteurize it by doing that pasteurization. You're literally cooking the honey like in a pan until it bubbles. So, you know, heating it up lightly isn't going to really hurt you.
0: But it is very important to get those nutrients. So then if someone buys like really good, high quality honey and like, say for example, you're bee powered Okay, someone buys it. If they put it in like hot water, do you lose the benefits?
1: No. So I, by the way, I put bee powered I put it in my matcha every single morning. So, you know, I'm putting it in hot water there. Now, anytime you're heating anything, when you heat vegetables, you're losing enzymes, but you're not completely killing all the good stuff you know, a little bit of heat exposure isn't going to damage the nutrients. I take it every day like that. Like we definitely have some customers that are very like purist with it. And, you know, they just like to do a spoon raw or they'll, I'll put it in my smoothie sometimes. Mm -hmm. So there's ways that
0: you can have it, but I absolutely put it in my matcha
1: like literally every day.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I've actually put it into Bulletproof coffee in the past and it's delicious. Like it's so, so good. You know, it's, Legit jet fuel mm-hmm. if you have bulletproof coffee and pour
1: in a Be Smart vial. Oh, that's that like if you smart. have like a crazy, like I do that when I have like crazy work days. Yeah. But oh my God, it works.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I take bulletproof because like I, I just, I love the way like it just clears all brain fog. Like I'm, yeah. I'm ha- like, I didn't have breakfast. I just had bulletproof coffee and came. Mm-hmm. And like I, w- like I used to love. Putting like a teaspoon of bee powered into it as well, but I'm gonna try with the bee smart as well. That's really the bee good. smart
1: is also certified keto.
0: Very cool. I didn't so, know that. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. okay.
1: yeah, we have like a lot of same with our propolis. They're, those two are both keto. Everyone thinks like bee products sugar. Honey has a sugar content. Again, it's much. It's very different the way your body takes in honey, and it's a lower glycemic index than regular sugar. But propolis and bee smart are sugar. There's no sugar. Yeah. So then how is it sweet? So uh, Propolis naturally has a nice flavor, but our Propolis spray, it's non-GMO vegetable glycerin. So Uh that gives it a sweet taste without any sugar calories.
0: Interesting. Yeah, even our lozenges,
1: we're very committed to low sugar and only non-refined sugar. So our lozenges
0: only have one gram of sugar per lozenge and it's coming from raw honey and monk fruit. Amazing. That's that's so, so great. So I want to go back to your story a little bit and like kind of, complete that because you started beekeeping as well after i guess like when you'd gotten back from europe or like when you were like residing in north america like what happened what even got you into beekeeping
1: yeah so i had that amazing experience abroad i found all my bee products and did some hardcore research and i had like my pharmacy with me of bee products at all times and it really radically changed my health. And then I went back to finish up college in North America. I went to UVic, Victoria, British Columbia, and I got sick during midterms and I couldn't find propolis anywhere. I went to like every health food store, every grocery store, and I could find a lot of honey. I could find manuka honey, but I could not find propolis. I could not find royal jelly. I couldn't find the pollen that I was looking for. I could only find like dried pollen, which I wasn't into. I'm really into raw pollen because of the enzymes. Anyways, couldn't find it anywhere. Finally went to a farmer's market and found it. And I bought this like $40 organic propolis. This is what got me obsessed with the whole organic certification in the first place. But I bought this organic propolis for $40 from this like adorable farmer's market stand. I used it and broke out in hives head to toe. And I was like, what the hell? What is happening? I used this for seven months straight and felt better than ever. And now I'm like allergic to it. And so at the time I was a TA from my chemistry class, I ran a toxicity panel on the product I purchased. And I found that there was trace amounts of pesticides. And that's what I was reacting to. And I was like, but it's organic. How could this be? I was, you know, so upset. And I was like, great. I have to like move to Europe now (laughs) to live a normal life. And then I just kind of, After I moped about it for a while, I realized I need to, you know, if you want something done right, you have to do it yourself. So I I was like, I'm going to start beekeeping. I'm going to learn how to do this. And I'm going to basically be able to run quality control because I'm going to, you know, run my own operation here. So I started going to and literally just Google search later. I started going to the local beekeeping association meetings. I found myself a mentor. I started keeping bees in the middle of the forest in Victoria, British Columbia, which is about as remote as you can get. And I became obsessed. My, my first mentor, he was a retired, he is a retired biochemist and third generation beekeeper from Romania. Wow. And so it was amazing because he was very practical and he was really looking at the nutritional properties and would go into these like very long explanations for me. And then again, I was taking a lot of chemistry courses. I was a TA for my chemistry class. So I was having that practical classroom experience and I had access to the lab. And so, you know, I was totally not thinking about starting a company. I didn't think, you know, I thought I would, eventually be in the business world, but I I didn't think I could start my own company. I just didn't see that for myself. And by the time I was in college, I was pretty resigned to being a researcher. That's what mm-hmm. I thought I was gonna do with my life. Kind of kind, kind of still yeah, doing I, I don't it, yeah. I don't not do that, but that's what I was kind of gearing up for. And yeah, I, I started making all these products and I was completely just making them for myself. And yeah. my friends thought I was crazy and it was like my weird, quirky Hipster the hobby. thing you do, yeah. yeah. And then I started giving products to friends. And next thing you know, people on campus were Facebook messaging me being like, hey, can I buy some of that bee spray? It took away my sore throat. Or like, I have a cold. Can I buy this from you? And, and that was my first moment where I was like, huh, clearly there's a market for this. Clearly there are people other than myself who are looking for natural, effective solutions. Like medicine isn't fulfilling mm-hmm. all of the needs that,
0: you know, we have. And so that was kind of my first moment where I was like, maybe I could do this. But then you went afterwards, you went into like what finance finances, yeah. right? So then what made you decide like to leave that world to go Kind of pursue this business which you had in college because how many years gap was there? Yeah, so I graduated in 2013.
1: I was in finance until 2016.
0: L- like literally the same. Really? Like we, I mean, we were. Yeah, we both graduated in 2013. We're like the same age and
1: everything. <laughs> <Amazing>. Parallel lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seriously. So what happened there? So I had this idea of starting a B product company. I told some people about it, and everyone was like, "That's." The worst idea I've ever heard. Like, what is is a bee product company? And they're like, so wait, like you want to sell honey? And I was like, no, 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 not honey. The more medicinal grade superfoods from the hive. And people are just like, what are you talking about? That's a bad idea. And I was really fortunate. I, during one of my summers, I interned at the Clinton Foundation. And what I did there was I led their prescription drug abuse initiative. So I was a researcher there. And from there, I got hired as a researcher for this hedge fund. I had a job offer out of school, which super fortunate at that time. And it was, you know, to join this hedge fund and do all their research on pharmaceuticals. And I was graduating with no money. And I was like, I can't not, I can't afford to not take this job, even though it's not, you know, exactly what is calling. But so I went and I joined that fund. I was there for 10 months and then 10 months in, I was recruited by Goldman Sachs. So Went over to New York and started doing that. And I was at Goldman from 2014 to 2016 until like the end of 2016. And I was just really unhappy. Mm. I had a great experience. I learned a lot. I met some amazing people, some who I'm still close with today, but I couldn't have been less passionate about it. I just was like truly not enjoying myself. I was having, I was working really crazy hours. I was having really bad panic attacks. Yeah, it was just like for me I have a very hard time doing something that's not I think everyone does, something that's yeah, inauthentic insane, for them. Yeah. And it was also just like I'm more of like a hippie girl and I was in like a very Wall Streetish environment and yeah, it just really wasn't for me and I was my mental health was really suffering and it got to a point where I was like I hate this and I feel trapped and I have this like great on paper job and I have, you know, social recognition of like a successful young professional in New York. And it just was like very much not my life. So after, and I was kind of going back and forth with that for like a full year because I felt like I couldn't leave and all of these Mm -hmm. things. And I finally left end of 2016 to start my business. Once again, everyone was like, "This is the worst idea I've ever heard." Everyone was just like, "Suck it up, don't be a brat, keep your butt in the seat at Goldman, follow the track, and like your life will be good." And I was like, "But I'm really unhappy now, so like why would it get better?" (laughs) And like I don't know that, and I don't think that there's enough money to throw at Mm -hmm. this problem Mm -hmm. of like the level of sheer anxiety and feeling like I'm having a heart attack multiple times a day. So I eventually left and. Yeah. That was a really tough time because I didn't really, I didn't have any support. I didn't have, I I really had, and I don't even know how I did this looking back because my confidence was not amazing at that time, but I really had to believe in myself and be my own cheerleader. And it got, I was just like, I I can't stay doing what I'm doing. I'm really, really unhappy. So I left, I started off, literally going to like farmer's markets. I went to the yoga show. I went to like any pop-up shop situation where I could like stick up my cardboard sign and I would go, you know, I would buy from like Dollarama, all the little containers. I would like get those sample containers from Sephora, (laughs) anything I could fill it up with bee products. I started, I bought a bunch of lab equipment online. I started ordering raw bee products from my mentor out in British Columbia. And I would go to farmer's markets and that's how it started.
0: Oh my God. So while you were at Goldman, were you also beekeeping as like a hobby or was it at that point you were just in the city and it was like completely inaccessible? I was
1: in the city. I would do some like hobbyist volunteer beekeeping and I would go to like beekeeping meetups, but they weren't my bees. I would, you know, do like Mm -hmm. rooftop beekeeping and go like different like volunteer organizations. The whole time though, I was basically having John in British Columbia mail me product and then I would like take the raw propolis put it into make it into an extraction put it into a tincture and I was using that for myself so that's mm-hmm. like how I essentially stayed healthy because I was not sleeping during that life phase so I was still making the products all along and it was just like I basically when I left Goldman I took all of my money and put it into the company I was full out without a home for a year and a half I I lived for about maybe more than six, maybe a year I lived on my best friend's couch, my best friend, Adam. Yeah, we were in a two-bedroom apartment with four people and like I literally lived on the couch. Oh my God. So God God bless Adam. (laughs) But yeah, and then I was couch surfing a lot, but I, I had like a budget of $7 a day for food in New York. And... Yeah, that's it wasn't like the great. Price of one coffee. I know.
0: <laughs> like in New York, <laughs> truly, I, I paid that at Alfred's
1: like I yesterday. <laughs> I know. I was very strategic. Yeah. Wow. That's um, incredible. But yeah. I went from and I went from this like, you know, making a lot of money, young professional lifestyle to like really, 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 and it wasn't new for me because that's
0: how it was in college. Like I didn't, you know, yeah. Have but that. you know, going back from a lifestyle that you're used to is like so much harder, it you is. know, like when you're making a certain amount Absolutely. of money, you're used to a certain amount of like kind of lifestyle. It's so hard to regress to what you were doing in college, which was like ramen noodles, like no problem. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I was able to go back there though, because I was so unhappy.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I felt this sense of freedom and hope. And I was so And I still am so passionate about this business, about what we can build, how we can help people, how we can both affect the environment and support people that, you know, aren't feeling the way they deserve to feel and aren't thriving the way they should and don't necessarily feel included in the whatever medical models in front of them.
0: I mean, it's incredible what you guys are doing. As you know, I'm like such a fan of the brand. If someone is to try beekeepers, what is the first product you recommend to them? I mean,
1: propolis, the propolis throat spray, especially right now, I think every single person should be taking that. If you are getting on a plane, if you like the same way, the same way you have Purell in your bag or hand sanitizer, you should have propolis. So that's, you know, I do three sprays every single day. I do more if I'm run down or I'm traveling or, you know, in any sort of vulnerable environment. That's a really big one for me. I'm so addicted to our lozenges. I, I, I gotta try it. I mean, you, yeah. you, you give me like one I know, and I'm I, so know. Excited. I should have brought you. I, I always have them in my purse because I literally eat them all day. But yeah, our lozenges are amazing because they, no refined sugar. They're, you know, they taste delicious. There's zinc, there's vitamin D, there's propolis. So it's a real amazing, like, kind of everyday yeah, power pack. Wow. It's how yeah. I get my vitamin D as well, which is important for women. And then B-Biome, which I brought you. Yeah. And I was telling so you, so I like to use it. it with your product. Uh-huh. So B-Biome, that's a complete gut health product. So it's a prebiotic, a probiotic and a postbiotic. I love that. Yeah, okay. it's amazing. Literally, I can, and like I am so allergic to everything. I get bloated by like looking at a pizza. When I take, I take B-Biome has changed my life. And then if I'm like, needing to have pizza,
0: <laughs> I take it with your product and like, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. This is, this is awesome. A great rundown. Tell everyone where they can find you shop beekeepers tells everything.
1: Yeah. So check us out at beekeepersnaturals.com. Our Instagram is beekeepers underscore naturals. You can find us at Whole Foods, at Target, on Amazon. We're available at most grocery stores, most most health food stores. And we'd love to hear from you. So where can people find
0: you? Like if they want to follow you. Yes.
1: So my Instagram is stein.carly. And
0: yeah, I'm I'm available. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Carly. This is awesome. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved the episode and feel like it brought you value, don't forget to rate the show and leave a review. It takes five seconds and really helps the show grow so I can keep bringing on awesome guests. If you want to follow me behind the scenes, you can find me on Instagram at Sifhider. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss a thing. I drop new episodes every Tuesday, so come hang with me and shoot the shit with some really smart people. Learn and unlearn and have a lot of fun. See you next week.